Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Welcome to the bloodandmud.com podcast. This is a episode 86 and a bit. It's a bonus episode alert. I haven't got me sound cards. I'm going to be klaxon to send off, but that, that's what I would do. Welcome along, everyone, as per usual. I'm Lee Calvert, the editor of bloodandmud.com. And over there is... Hello, I'm Robbie Owen. Um, I'm filling in as the... Like, if Josh isn't here, I'm the sort of token, slightly miserable Ospreys fan sat in the corner. Yeah, you have to find them. There's a little market you can go to. <laughs> like yeah. a special eBay for miserable sort of Ospre- miserable Ospreys fans. The, the number of them has shot up dramatically this season. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's not going well, but there we go. So I'm not going to so- try and prevent this becoming 40 minutes of shouting Tandy out, but there we go. Yeah. Those of you who read the bloodandmud.com website will know that Robbie's been writing some stuff on there, so not satisfied with pissing off everybody who reads the blog <laughs> with some of the yeah. great stuff he's been writing. He fancies coming on here and getting on people's nerves as well. So welcome, yeah. Robbie. You can <laughs> sorry get- about that. Yeah, I wouldn't be sorry. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> uh, you can get in touch with the pod if you didn't know already, at Blood and Mud, that's me. How do people get in touch with you on Twitter? I'm at Squidgy Goat on Twitter. Squidgy There's Goat, not... all one word. Yeah, Squidgy right. Goat. There's no story behind it. I just thought it sounded funny. <laughs> Okie doke. Well, we'll let people be the judge of that, but there you go. So it's a big weekend of international rugby coming up. So we thought we'd do a bit of an episode to cover that and to be a bit of a bonus on all of that kind of stuff. 
Before we get into the big game previews, uh, I'm not going to. We're not going to cover the Italy game because I can't mm-hmm. be bothered. But the bottom line, but I will cover, is that Yule Vu got in touch on Twitter and said some good news for the weekend is that Ian McKinley's been included in the Italy squad, mm. which is great. Great story. Great for him. You know, always good to see somebody playing in glasses. Yes. There's not many sports well, you can play with glasses. Badminton, darts, darts, breaststroke. Yeah. <laughs> How do you know people can do breaststroke with glasses on, can't they? In the swimming, but yeah, that that's <laughs> something. But it's great to see that rugby's been included now because football yeah. got included with Clarence Seedorf, <laughs> and now you've got the rugby's included with William um, McKinley, which is good. Yeah, but, also, Dean Bud's in the Italian team, which is bizarre who because is, I didn't realize he's Italian. Dean Bud. Oh, is he? Who is yeah, it was a slightly underwhelming hairy Kiwi fella who suddenly decided he's Italian now. Apparently he qualified two years ago, but they've just realised and stuck him in the team. What is um, so, yeah. What I will say about that whole thing about used to be another notion. Now, we all know Ian McKinley and where he's from, but yeah. did you see the headline on Pundit Arena for this? No. Well, this is what the headline said, and this is verbatim. Irish outside half named in Italy matchday squad to play, to play Fiji. <laughs> That's not the case anymore, is it? Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, we all know where they come from, and we all yeah. know, you know, we, every every nation's been on this roller coaster and played this mm. game. So let's not get too carried away. But the fact, yeah, all right, you could have put that in the opening sentence, maybe, you know, mm. former island, whatever. But no, actually, in the headline, seems a little bit seems a little bit rough to me. And not former Irish. Irish. Yeah, no, yeah that's that's not even former. Still no, claiming person who is still really completely Irish is playing for Italy. <laughs> yes. Right then. To the matches. Mm. Shall we start with England? Because I'm John Inverdale yes. now. Yes. Let, let's True. start. Let's Brilliant. let's talk about England. England are playing Argentina on Saturday. Argentina, a team that are probably so overtired that they are probably <laughs> in a sort of permanently living in a waking fever dream, mm. and yet you, are expected you always... to play a, a game of rugby on Saturday. You feel like? Do you remember when the Lions played that one game in Hong Kong? Yes. And they stopped to have little water breaks in between because it was so hot. And standing by gigantic fans. Yes, yeah. I feel like Argentina games should now have, like, every 20 minutes, little breaks in order to have a nap. Because <laughs> they've earned it at this point. Like, they should just yeah. stop and have a lie down. Yeah, Bless Yeah, well, that's the comments on the game this, about this weekend's game. Augustine Creevy yeah. actually said, Estamos muy cansados. Queremos dormir por hace dos semanas. Por favor, por favor, por favor, <laughs> is what he said. I failed Spanish GCSE, so... <laughs> well, anybody out there who could see... I know we have actually got some Spanish-speaking listeners, so you can mm. tell me if my, my learned-by-cassette Spanish five years ago is still <laughs> something that, that works. So, yeah, you're quite right. Henry Slade is in, the England mm. team, in a new-look midfield partnership, which is actually quite interesting to look at. Henry Slade and Jonathan Joseph, two, mm. two pacey ballers, really. I think... There's, there's something interesting in the fact that both England and Wales have gone with this sort of ball-playing 12. Um, and there's been well, we'll find out if it's interesting. Looks. It's interesting to well, look yeah. at, but we'll soon find out, won't we? But yeah, especially yeah. With, with Wales. But yeah, no, it is interesting. Oh, yeah. and, and of course, Slade, he plays 12 a bit, he, but most he's played mm. 10 or he gets played... At, he plays 12 13. a bit for Exeter, doesn't he? He plays 13 yeah. a lot. But uh, I think there's sort of... There's a thing, people lump a lot of ball-playing 12s in together, and I think there's actually different types of it. Um, mm-hmm. And Slade's weird sort of hybrid of, you look at Owen Williams um, yes. in the world, not to get ahead of ourselves, but yeah. who is more of a distributor and sort of gets the ball wide as opposed to perhaps a, a Hernandez or obviously the opposite, um, or Ashley Beck or whoever, who sort of just drops the ball off and sort of is more about bringing plays in on him. Um, and Slade's somewhere in between, which I think is sort of interesting player to watch because I can't quite work out who he is, I guess. 
I can't easily put him in a box. Well, I think that's been his problem as well. I think because yeah. people can't work out who he is, it becomes it's the you know what you might call the JHS, the James Hook syndrome of uh, where, where <laughs> they actually go. But it, yeah, I think he, the thing about Slade is I I've seen him live a couple of times now, mm. and he is one of those players that kind of transcends normal views of the game. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to get too carried away here. Or be, mm. what I mean is is that when you watch him play, you go. He really does move in a different way to everybody else that's on the field. There yeah. is something different about the way that he plays, and I'm, and I actually genuinely think he's great. As a, you know, mm. I know I can be miserable on here, but as it as a rugby fan, I love people like Henry Slade. That's what you want to watch the game for. Mm. That and the Samson Lee first receiver pivot, obviously. Yeah. But that's that, that's <laughs> kind of that's how it goes. So yeah, so that's going to be quite interesting. Um, speaking of Henry Slade. I did a thing the other week when I said that his hair looked like painted polystyrene. And I said to people out there, have you got any ideas of what Henry Slade's hair looks like? Well, none of you came up with anything. So I've, so I've come up with a couple of things of what I think Henry Slade's hair looks like. Here's one. He looks, his hair looks like an over-knitted beanie. <laughs> See, I don't think it's so much a beanie. I don't think it's... I agree, okay, his hair doesn't look like it's made of hair. It no, sort of looks yeah. like it's... Do you remember those sort of Hulk smash hands you used to get? Yeah, the big green ones are made of noise. Yeah, big, yeah, yeah. He looks like it's made out of whatever, whatever material made those out of. That's that's what I think Henry, Henry Slade, Slade like. with your hair like rubberized hands. <laughs> yes, yeah. Or he's, I think his hair, or it could look. He looks like his hair looks like it's the offcut from from a peripheral muppet. <laughs> I can see that. You're like a crowd that, scene yeah. muppet, and he used to pan to the crowd, and they'd be singing along. Yeah, like a dark. Looks like it's been cut off and stuck on his head. <laughs> or I mean the other thought is like he's looked like he's gone into the barbers with a photo of Morrissey but the barber recently heard that Morrissey voted leave and can't quite bring himself to replicate the style exactly so has gone as close as he can while still keeping Slade on as a as a regular customer that's like <laughs> that's how I feel he'd look either that or it's like there was a period in the mid-noughties and I think Henry said generally looks a bit like when they tried to bring Action Man more in line to the teen market and to make it more down with the kids. And they redesigned him to look a bit like Henry Slade. And I thought that when he was in his under-20s, and I think that to this day, and that includes his hair. That's probably very true, actually, yes. He looks like a millennial Action Man. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's Henry Slade's hair. There you go. Back to the game. What is this to look forward to in this game? Now, what we talked about Slade, we talked about Joseph. For me, you've got, you've got the Underhill thing going on, mm. haven't you? Sam yeah. Underhill's making his start. And also, Sam Simmons is on the bench. Mm. Ellis Genji's on the bench. All of that looks pretty uh, enticing for me. Yeah. I, Sam Underhill as a sort of a magnificent bastard as he became sort of in that in time at the Ospreys and then continuing sort of from what I've seen of him. Um, yes. At Bath, in he's someone that's just very hard to play against. Yeah, it would be awful. Yes. Oh yeah, it would be. It would be. Oh shit! I have to run at him again. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like I'm like nine stone and like five foot seven. Like I'm playing as anyone is difficult for me, but someone (laughs) like like Sam Underhill, who is this sort of player, the. And there's something about his face as well. I sort of look and think, I would hate playing against you. You look just nasty enough that you would hurt me, but not sufficiently nasty that I'd have reason to genuinely hate you as a man. That's if almost that a perfect sense. cocktail in a rugby player, isn't it? Yeah. I can inflict pain, but you'll still kind of like me and want to be my friend. 
That's what they're all aiming for. <laughs> That's what they're all aiming for. Yeah, so Sam Underhill, and he's going to be up against some pretty hard bastards in the Argentina team as well. Because mm. obviously, because that's the other thing, Underhill has to be aware of the fact that that Thomas Lavanini may go full kill switch engage on him. Yeah, because he's going to do it on somebody at some point. Oh yeah, so it could be him that he goes for. Lavanini's now one yellow card off equaling the world record for most yellow cards, and, and he's it, only like twenty four or something. Exactly like eighteen months into his international career, that's yeah. brilliant. I didn't know that. That's amazing. He's, he's one behind. I think it's Marco Bortolami's the all time top yellow carded person. He's one really, of Really, in Barcelona, he wasn't even nasty. Was that just because he just no. kept getting in the way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you play for Italy for that long. You've, yeah, like, yeah, it was just a time in reps. thing. Yeah. yeah, he just happened to be there in the way. A few reps went, go on, off you go for 10 minutes. <laughs> Is that you again? Like, Are you still here, Bortolami? Have a yellow card <laughs> for still being here. <laughs> you should have retired 10 years ago. You can at least go for 10 minutes. Yeah, you have a yellow card for making me forget you still play. <laughs> yeah. He probably is still going. I've got no idea. I don't know what Bartolo Bortolami's doing. Good player, though, actually. Solid, yeah. very solid player. Mm. He was at Gloucester, wasn't he, as well, for a while? Mm. Uh, yeah, so that's what to look forward to. Also, what else have we got? Mm. We, you mentioned the point about everyone should have, you'd have a break to have some naps. Yes. Think because yeah. they can't do that, I think what you are going to have to look forward to is a few Argentinian players breaking out into sort of heaving sobs after they get <laughs> penalised yeah. because they're actually trying to get some shot eye by line on the rook. For a couple of minutes. <laughs> That's probably going to happen. That's one way of dealing with it, yeah. Or they could just, every time they go for like a miracle offload and dive at the floor, they could just have a little nap there. Because oh, they it could, is... it's got, well, that's going to happen as well, isn't it? Maybe that's yeah, what yeah. it is. Maybe that's why they keep doing all the... Because yeah. people say, what is the reason why when they build a perfectly structured attack, they always <laughs> manage to totally ruin it by doing something stupid. Yeah. And maybe that's what it is. They just go, oh, God, I'm just so knackered. I just need to get rid of this ball and have a kip. I'm at the point of worrying about Argentine players now. Like, I think it's prob- offloading is probably so deeply ingrained in them that it's a it's it's not a it's a habit rather than a choice. Like they can't. I worry that they'll walk through the supermarket and like they'll just randomly chuck mangoes at each other at the back of their hands. <laughs> it's like, like a it's 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 like a, it's like a dog who's been bred to do like why why Labr- <laughs> Labradors can't prevent themselves jumping into water. They don't know why. Exactly. They just do it. That's kind of that's probably what Argentinians are going to be doing. Yeah. God forbid one of them has a child and it's just like backhand offloading the baby <laughs> their wife. Like the Hernandez comes in and tries to cross kick the child into its cot instead of just passing it simply when he could do that or walking four steps. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's always the most complicated option. You can imagine when the adult the child the child safeguarding social worker comes around. Well, what, what did you do that for then? <laughs> well, I just I don't know. I just anytime something's slightly ball sized at the end, I've got to I've got to get rid of it. Well, they'd have to say fair dues, <laughs> wouldn't they? Yeah, you're right, fair dues. <laughs> So, yeah, so, I mean, Argentina, I mean, seriously, though, I mean, they are going to be knackered. It is their first game on this tour. Mm. They've got so many air miles in. England, although he's rested Farrell and Itoji, mm. I don't, and I, think, I don't know if that says so much yeah. about the opposition or says so much about them that he wants to keep them probably a bit of both. But I just can't see that this is, this is going to be quite a difficult game for Argentina, I think. Even though they yeah. have got some pretty decent, you know, Tucker let's play, you know, I love. Mm. Um, Buffelli and his massive cannon... Of managed I to am make such it a fan. Of, yeah, I'm such a fan of Buffelli. I just I quite like hardworking wingers, and he's one of those. He's just he really puts himself about in that he way does. that a lot of wingers don't. A lot of wingers just hang about on the wing and wait for the ball. I know he works really hard. He gets it out there, and then kicks the ball for 177 meters. <laughs> yeah, it leaves the stadium. It goes back to Argentina. The RMLs after Buffelli's kick has probably got more than the yeah probably got more RMLs on them than the actual Argentine team. 
Yeah, so I do like him. Yeah, it's, he's and so he's playing. Hernandez is at outside half. So basically, you know that that's going to be a fuck up at some point, don't you? <laughs> yeah, there was a moment in the it was the game against South Africa in Argentina earlier this year where Argentina made this sort of fantastic break. They got into twenty two, and Hernandez had these options. He could either sort of pass. He had like a six man overlap, or he could <laughs> it and walk it in himself. Perfect. The absolute perfect yeah. Argentinian situation. Yes, <laughs> and of course he goes for the cross kick and puts it out on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> But there's half a second in which you think, oh, that's brilliant. That's br-. And then you remember that it's not 2007. And no, it, it goes horribly. Yeah. If it was 2007, he'd have hit it off his third shoelace and put the perfect spin <laughs> on it, wouldn't he? But it's, uh... Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they call him El Margo, don't they? Which is, mm. well, they think it's Spanish for magician. But magician. I think we might all be wrong. I think it might be Spanish for for fuck's sake, <laughs> basically. Probably. I did fail that Spanish GCSE. You, so you have already staged that, yes, but I, it, yeah. it doesn't. It wasn't covered in magician. Wasn't covered in my tape course. It must be said. <laughs> That's how long ago I did it. It was a tape course, literally. It was cassette. Wow. You're quite a young man, Robbie. Do you understand what a cassette yeah. is? I've I've heard of them. <laughs> I, think, I I think they were the ones where you had to wind them or something. Yeah, do, you know, is but... that, do you understand the relationship between a cassette and a pencil? That's the test of how old you are. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. So England. Anything else you want to say about England before we go into predictions? Um, I mean, <laughs> there's always a part of me whenever you ask that question that um, feels I need to censor myself about <laughs> if you have anything else to say about the English rugby team. Uh, so let's move on. Prediction-wise, I think it's England by 15, minimum. Yeah, I, similarly, England 12-15. Like, Argentina will fight for a while, and then they'll die off. But I think this is the perfect chance to have a proper look at whether or not this creative hinge can work. Because I don't think Argentina mm. are going to... They'll be Argentina. They'll be actually yeah. a good... It's a very good first game hit out, actually, against mm. a team like Argentina, because they will stretch yeah. you a bit. But it's a really good chance to have a look at how the likes of Ford could actually meld with Slade. Because yeah. when did Slade last play in the centres for England? It wasn't pre-World Cup, was it? it was, no, it was over the summer. He played... Oh, of course he did. Yeah. And Argentina again. Of course he did. And Argentina are totally bruised from that as well. Yeah. Because if we, if we can beat them with a second-stroke, third-string team over there, we should have no problems to do it now. But yeah, what's interesting is actually Ben Youngs is still is in the squad again. And mm. Danny Kerr's... I said I was going to finish on this, but I'm not, obviously. Ben, ben Youngs is in the squad and so is Danny Kerr. Yeah. What do you, do you think... Do you think that whatever we may think about Dan Robson and so on, is it mm. in Jones's mind that they are his World Cup scrum halves and that's the end of it? So we should stop worrying about it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you've got to, like he said that thing earlier this week that eighty um, percent of his World Cup squad's already decided, like it's already there. Yeah, bracket, so, and that includes the scrum halves. Close bracket. Yeah, stop exactly. banging on about Dan Actually, Robson. Yeah, because <laughs> they're the only ones who pulled away, pushed away in, wouldn't they? There's talk sometimes about mm. Chudley and the like, isn't there? I can't see yeah. that being a thing. No. I've always liked um, Will Spencer at Saracens, but he's never really got much game time. I mean, Ben Spencer, sorry, Ben yeah. Spencer, yeah. And I've always, I've always thought he was a very good young scrum off, and he's never really seen much game time Premiership, never mind international wise. And so I don't know. But that's, behind Danny Carey, I suppose, and help. Yeah. Right. So that was England. Argentina. We think England by fifteen. Hmm. Let's talk about Ireland versus South Africa. Have South Africa named that? We're recording this on Thursday evening, and I still don't think South Africa have named their team, or have they? Have I missed something? I don't think I've seen it, to be honest, uh, which is ideal, really, to have neither of us have seen the team. Yeah, it's perfect. Definitely the best way to, uh, to approach a game. However, we do know the Ireland team, and the mm. Ireland team is uh, has 
Bundy Aki in it and Robbie Henshaw in, which of course reunites yeah. the centre pairing that won the Pro 12, as it was then, for Connacht yeah. in that increasingly inexplicable year where they managed to win it. People yeah, just, I think it'll be airbrushed out of history that win, I think, eventually. People just go, I don't think that ever really happened. But it's a. <laughs> Or it'll be like like I I grew up in Nottingham, um, and you can barely hear anyone from outside Nottingham refer to Nottingham Forest as anything but former European champions, Nottingham Forest. <laughs> and it's sort of and why wouldn't you? What else are you going to talk about? Oh, exactly, there's nothing else going on in Nottingham in general. Um, Lots of stag dudes because it's very central. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah. I mean, it's it's pubs and occasional references to former football in glory, and that's about it. But I feel like Connor's going to become that. He's going to become former champions, Connor, back when they had yeah former Pro 12 winner John Muldoon, etc. <laughs> yes, yes. It's going to fall into it'll be a legend rather than an actual team, actual. But team it is. Happened. It is. It's been. It's been very unsavoury the whole Bundyaki thing. Uh, mm. There's been some a lot of negative stuff about him being Irish, which he is under the rules. So everyone <laughs> wind your necks in. As he said, you know, if we go down that road, then nobody's going to come out of this well. Um, <laughs> So that is, but it is, that's some boom, boom centering right there, Henshaw and Aki. That's a really something I yeah. quite look forward to seeing. But I think, again, Aki can play the ball. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting thing, actually, the way that Wales and England are very much looking at that 12 um, as someone that can distribute, whereas mm. New Zealand, Australia, etc., have moved on to an all round player, which I think Aki is. And I think, actually, Hadley Parks, um, who's in the Welsh squad, yeah. is. Um, and I guess Farrell has become slowly over time as well. And so it's sort of unfair to lump him in with that. But I think that's the way that things are going. It's away from that. It's more to someone that can do the crash ball and can do the mm. um, the, the passing as well and the kicking and the what have you. And South Africa have named the team. Oh, uh, It looks... Uh, Peter's Death the Toys at seven, which went so well for them last time they did it. Yes. Well, actually, somebody did tweet me before saying that they'd heard the rumour that was happening after, obviously, yeah. we had Sean on on. Monday, mm. the full episode this week, who was saying what a disgrace it was and he was selected at seven. And now he's, what he said was come, would come true, did, has come true, where there's too many locks mm. and they're trying to fit them all into one team. So Don't do that. Don't bother. Just no. pick a seven. Just, you know. it's not, yeah, it's, yes. You know, it's not like Wales where you've got six sevens injured. You can, you can pick <laughs> one. I still managed to pick one anyway. But, yeah, yeah. So, but we'll get on to that. Uh, Colin McBride got in touch on Twitter and I said, is there anything you wanted us to talk about while we're on here? And he came back and simply said, Rob fucking Carney, <laughs> who's still Aww. in the Island team. I mean, a lot of people saying the reason why he's in is because the rest of the options have got about six caps between them. But if you're asking me, I'd have Joey Carberry in there every mm. day of the week. Playing at home, he's in great mm. form. He's a great player. And I suppose more crucially, he's not Rob Carney. Yeah. I'd quite like Stockdale, who's on the wing. Um, looked very good at fullback for the under-20s back, what, a year ago, whenever it was he was playing? Yeah, true. Yeah. Like two months ago, he's still really young. Um, but yeah, I, I think he could be the fullback going forward. Um, and I've, I've never really been a big... Since that sort of 2009 tour, I've always been a bit not that fond of Rob Carney in the way that he will... You throw any dummy towards him and he will always go for the man without the ball. <laughs> it's just a universal fact. Him and Dave, the baffled puffing Carney, his brother, are the, the brains trust <laughs> of the outfit, aren't they? Mm. Uh, so the Ireland team, Keith Hills is injured. Josh, yes. Josh is not here. He'd be delighted. Well, he wouldn't <laughs> be delighted about being injured, just not having to look at him this weekend. He'd be delighted about it. But it's oh, a decent team. 
Is Jack mm. Conan injured? I don't know that. Is Jack Conan I, injured? But they've got so many good back rowers that they don't necessarily need someone like Jack Conan to sit in the team. And that's the kind they, of point I'm making. Fair. I think that if he's injured, yeah. they think, well, fair enough. But the fact that he's left out when you give him just gives you an, an indication of, of where they're at in terms of teams. So the teams, Carney, Conway, and Shoraki, Stockdale, who's looked great, Sexton and Murray, mm. Healy. Keen Healy's quietly come back to looking yeah. something reasonable, hasn't he? He's sort of slipped back in there. Rory Best as captain again. Uh, Tyke Furlong, Ian Henderson, Devin Toner, Peter O'Malley, Sean O'Brien, CJ Stander. That's not bad, is it? It's a that's useful really, team. That's really not bad. <laughs> that's <laughs> probably in terms of, maybe apart from Andrew Conway, that's probably... Yeah, it's probably about the, the most settled and sort of team that would inspire you most confidence when you look at this weekend. I've said, absolutely. Like they, they look like that's not far off the team they're playing the World Cup. They're probably not Conway, obviously not Conway, yeah. but that looks like their team going forward. I think actually, just on Andrew Conway, just because I mentioned Andrew Conway, like I have mentioned the under, watching under twenties rugby a lot. Actually, weirdly, um, but I remember seeing him play under twenties. I remember Rugby World magazine picking him out as one of the as it was like they did a thing on one to watch, one for England, yeah, one for yeah, Wales. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it was like it was Duncan Weir, Courtney Laws, um, and then Wales was Scott Andrews. And yeah, look how well Duncan that Weir, magnificent. Yeah. <laughs> Specialist special teams kicker now comes on, boots <laughs> a punt down the pitch, get off. <laughs> Still doesn't have a neck either. Oh no, wonderful. Um, but. Uh, yeah, and then Andrew Conway was Ireland's. And I remember looking at that thinking like, oh, he's going to be brilliant. And I was still at this stage of not understanding that the player highlighted as Ireland's one-star player wasn't, was, <laughs> it was a possibility that he could come to nothing. And so then three years later, I sort of went, oh, he, hasn't, he isn't brilliant. Like I sort of gave up on him. <laughs> you lied and to me, yeah. rugby world. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? I think Paul William personally. Was that your first life lesson, Robbie, when you realised that rugby that was... world wasn't telling you the truth? <laughs> That was it. Yeah, I haven't listened to a word they've said since. <laughs> just ignored everything they've possibly been written. But I I don't don't Andrew Conway's an old man's name. That's what puts me mm. off. <laughs> I can't see past that. It's an old man's name, that is. Mm. Speaking of names, the, the, the island bench sounds like a fisherman's catch. <laughs> you know, how do you get on down the, uh, down the banks today, John? Oh, well, I caught a herring, a killed coil, a killed coin, a couple of Ryans, a rudder, a marmion, a carberry, <laughs> and, and, you know, and believe it or not, a sweetenham. You don't expect that, do you? <laughs> That's kind of what it seems to sound like to me. That is spot on. That is absolutely what's going on. The uh, South African bench, though, has a Yeah, one of them as well. Yeah, careful. Which is something you wouldn't want served up with your with your fish. No, indeed. So, what I've not seen, I can't find it. I need to get because I didn't get this Africa team before we came on, and now I can't see it. Do you want to read it out for me? Have you got it in front of you? Yeah, yeah. So um, Andres Kotze at fullback, then Dylan Lades and uh, Connor Skosan on the wings, Jesse Creel and Dem- uh, Damien Delian. I've forgotten how to read. Damien uh, Delande, yeah. Delande, yeah, 12. Uh, Jan Yez and Ross Cronier, mm-hmm. halfbacks. Uh, then Umtarawiwa, Malcolm Marks, Usazen, uh, Etzebet captain, Lou Diega. Uh, Khaleesi is back from injury, which is right. fantastic because he's been very good this year. Uh, Peter Steftatoy, and then Francois Lowe at eight. That's not which, bad either, is it? That, this could be an absolute hook. Um, because they've, I mean, apart from the blip, with the, which you talked about earlier this week, the blip with New mm. Zealand, it's, they've been, they're on, a, they're, on, they're on an upwards curve, aren't they? And actually coming to yeah. Ireland, Ireland's first game of the year, I think this could be a really good game, actually. It's hard to, I still think Ireland are going to win, though. I do, I can't. But not can't by much. Five, I think. Mm. Ireland by five. I, I feel like it'll be tight and then Ireland will probably score. For some reason, I feel last five minutes, Ireland will score and make the scoreline look 
less competitive than it was. I feel like they'll sort of pull yes. away last sort of five ten minutes. But I feel like it'll be a good game for most of it, and it'll be fairly tight throughout. Yes, I mean it's really good games this week. So when I started looking yeah. at this, thinking, you know what? And I looked at what times they were all on. I think one of them clashes. I can't remember which one's clashes. Two of them are kicking off at three o'clock, but. I looked in and I thought, God, this is going to be a great day. This is going to be one of those days where your telly threatens to turn itself off because <laughs> you've sat on yeah. the couch and not touched anything for hours. You haven't turned the volume, you haven't turned over, nothing. You'll just be sat there watching game after game after game. It's like because you passively look at a television. Why would I need to interact with it? Why are you, yeah. turn Why are you turning off? me off? Yeah, sick of this. Is, this is the, the start of it, you know. This is Cyberdyne. <laughs> this is how it begins, the telly telling you to turn, turning itself off. <laughs> Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Wales versus Australia. Should we move on to that? Yeah. I can't wait for this game. It's an all-new mm. Wales lineup in many ways, so I'm in absolute tenterhook suspense trying to wait and see what fresh new approach they'll find to losing to Australia in a heartbreaking manner. Because <laughs> new teams are still... My money is on this all-new, slightly ball-playing attack, stringing mm. together a beautiful 90-metre move in the last five minutes before the ball kind of bounces off Hallam Amos's face. He's just come off the bench. He goes straight to Henry Spade. He runs a length of the field. Half when he tries to tackle him with his head the wrong side, gets injured, <laughs> Spate scores, everyone starts crying. That's that how I think it's going to go. It's too real. I'm, <laughs> I'm already welling up. It's... <laughs> this, I still sometimes have flashbacks that Curtly Beale try. I sometimes just walking down the street and begin to well up. Like it's, it's still too much. As Josh um, says, I've tasted every flavour of Wales losing in the autumn to Australia. Yeah. It's and not even in the autumn, in the summer, in the World Cup. <laughs> just it's I'm just exhausted. what Wales does. Wales does yeah. close harmony singing and losing to Australia. That's what Wales does. <laughs> but at least they vary. Well, no, they don't even vary the ways they lose it. It's either a hammering in which they make whoever's playing ten for Australia look like the best player in the world, even if it is. Oh, that Foley this is the anniversary, isn't it? Of course, Foley's starting again at ten this year, but he was about yeah. to look like a combination of I don't know Mark Heller and John Travolta last year, wasn't he? And and. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, so it could happen all over again. But actually, see, and on a serious note though, mm. the um, Wales team has got a distinct. Well, there's no Jamie Roberts, is there? That's what. No. That's the big thing you need to say. The back line is half Benny Williams, Jonathan Davis, Owen Williams at twelve, Steph Evans mm. at eleven, which is great news for him mm. and for international rugby. I think Dan Bigger and Gareth Davis. Do we think it's going to be any different? Going to be any different though? I, I I think that's a question. I wonder whether they will they'll still do Warren Ball just to do it five meters further to the right because they're sort of they're distributing a bit, they're passing a bit further. So they just crash the ball. <laughs> I love that guys. idea. Yeah, it's exactly the same. It's just five meters further from the rock. <laughs> That'll throw them. That's in a match. <laughs> I actually went to watch Wales Australia one year when that's exactly what they were doing. They spun the ball 
probably 12 metres in the ruck every attack. And it was the easiest thing in the world to pick out. Yeah. yeah, so we'll see how that goes. The no, the lead into this game reminds me of I think it was the game in 2010 um, when they talked about oh this is a new Welsh team uh, and you look back on it and it was it was Andrew Bishop um, and it was who perfectly great player I I liked Andrew Bishop but he was not an international he was not you're not going to win he's not one for the Hall of Fame is he no he's not um, and then Will Harry's on the wing who again I liked Will Harry's but 18 months later he was playing for Ealing Trailfinders so <laughs> it's not. That's the sort of worry I've got here. That that's the game this reminds me of. So you said that Owen Williams could end up playing for Ealing in eighteen months. I, I mean, it's possible. It's possible. But it's interesting. I mean, what's what forward to in this game? There's mm. you know the whole crumbling in the last five minutes thing, obviously, for for, <laughs> for, for, for pure Chardon fraud point of view. Josh Navidi's going to get another go at international rugby. Yeah. As well, that's something to look forward to. He. I mean, my brother is a very big Josh Navidi fan. Really? Uh, yeah. Really? Is he, he not a rugby fan? Just... Is he not a rugby fan, your brother? <laughs> <laughs> it's Josh Navidi, his mum, and my brother are the Josh Navidi fans out there. <laughs> and yeah, but he's sort of. There's a few times I've tried to say, I don't, I don't really think he's the perhaps the, the man to lead into this. <laughs> um, and he swears by him. He swears. So maybe there may be someone. Maybe he may come through. Maybe he may come good. Um, because, he, again, he's a hard-working player, and I can appreciate that, even if I don't feel he's... He is the sixth-choice seven. Um, and I think you've got to bear that in mind, I guess, going into a game against maybe the best seven in the world. Yes. But that's, uh, Tom George got in touch on Twitter, and also uh, Van der Mike got in touch on Twitter, so both saying a similar thing in a different way. Because they're saying, what's this? Sam Cross is in over Thomas Young. Mm. And also Josh Navidi's over, over Thomas Young. So really the point is, why isn't Thomas Young in the team, I suppose? Do you reckon it's... Is it something between Warren and Die? <laughs> do you think every time no. that Thomas goes, what do I need to do to get in the team, boss? And Warren goes, ask your dad. <laughs> Have you similarly got, like, um, Bryn Gatlin turning down a contract with Wasps? Yeah, that's okay. true. Yeah, does anybody know if Bryn Gatlin's, you know, not trying to get or trying to get one with wasps? Yeah, and he's not, and he, he's not interested. He says, "Well, why not?" He says, and Dice says, "Ask your father. He'll explain <laughs> to you what's going on." There's something going on there. So there's something going on there. Yeah, but Josh Navidi. I remember we talked about this the other week with Josh as well, mm. and I said about Navidi going back, and he's not, he's not a Josh Navidi fan, and he <laughs> doesn't believe that it should have ever happened again. But having said that, if you get any the next, the next line you get into is Sam Cross, who only is actually started playing 15 aside at the top level this season. Yeah. Then this it's, is a, it's a bit of an ask, isn't it? Oh, it's a huge ask. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, this is not France. This is not Vakatawi. You can't just drop somebody from seven straight to <laughs> international rugby. Although he worked in the Champions Cup the other week, it was the best probably an Ospreys player's played all season, and yeah, maybe because he hasn't played for the there's, Ospreys. There's a tallest pygmy in the tribe problem there, isn't there? <laughs> that's 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 depressingly true. Yeah. So Australia. It's, I mean, it's interesting, interesting to see how Australia get on because they seem to be on something of a roll. Mm. but they're not. It's a bit like South Africa as well. I think generally it's moving forward, but there's been some stuff to to worry about. And the game I against think... Japan last week is, I don't know that really tells you anything, but no. fact, apart from the fact they let 30 points in, which means it's completely nailed on for it being 30 or with five minutes to go, heartbreaking, <laughs> Halliday, Moss ball in the face, etc., etc. <laughs> so I can I can wait. I very much can wait. Yeah. <laughs> Australia are favourites, but only narrowly so if you look at, if you look at the bookmakers. So I suppose mm. that's probably about right because it is 
it's difficult to know. Yeah. Because Gatlin's only just... It's, it's so weird with Wales now, because Gatlin's only just back. So they've had a year, effectively, without him. Yeah. So he's back now. They've got new teams in. They've got in quite pivotal positions, and you could argue a completely different way of playing, although we will see. Although they have got Alan Wynne-Jones back in. Aaron Shingles mm. has been playing great. I don't think he's that much yeah. of a problem at six. Um I think the one selection in that Welsh pack that bothers me, though, is Corey Hill on the bench over Seb Davis, who... Yeah, true. I mean, Seb Davis is probably... I mean, he's one of the form players in Wales. He's the best player in that Cardiff team, though, again, that's tallest pygmy, etc. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's he's a player you look at and you think he could be in the Welsh team for the next 10 years. Like, he's he looks very, very prominent, whereas Corey Hill probably isn't. He's going to be remembered yeah, just as but... the guy from the... Geography six. Yeah, like, this, this is the part I was going to make. I think you're forgetting like, that Corey Hill is a lion. Yeah, yeah but this isn't a lion's game. Why is Gatlin messing around putting Corey Hill on the bench? <laughs> Christian Daisy. Yeah, yeah. Tom Francis is actually starting now. What's going on? I'm assuming that the, the beautiful Tangerine Overlord is, is, has napped himself again, has he? It's either that, or did you see the video of him locking himself out the stadium? No. The, the WRU posts an incredible video of Samson Lee acting. No, which what, is right. How have I not seen this? This sounds like <laughs> this. Forget Ozark. This sounds like the best television of 2017, and I haven't seen it. It's so right to to walk you through it. Samson Lee wakes up. It's the morning of the match. He's overslept. The Welsh bus, team bus has left. So oh, he, he well, gets. I'm, in or, his car. I'm already hooked. Go. <laughs> he gets in his car. He has one line, which is something like "Come on, come on," as he's <laughs> sort of pacing, trying to try. Oh, that's uh, amazing. He drives along, he turns up outside the gates of the stadium, which is obviously empty, and there's two security guards who don't let him in because security's now tied outside the Millennium Stadium, so you need to be at kickoff sooner. Which you know is, what? is the, incredible. There's so many layers to this. One, <laughs> there are people that write this stuff and are paid money to do so. And two, Samson doesn't seem like the kind of man who'd agree to do something like this. I wonder, I wonder what, what caused him to do it. Maybe it's contractually you have to do one stupid thing on television <laughs> for the sponsors or for the BBC every year or something. Or maybe if he's they, chilling out. Maybe. If they contract to do one stupid thing, that explains an awful lot of what the Welsh team has been doing for the last few. <laughs> <laughs> Ta-da, boom. Yeah, there you go. There's, so, yeah, yeah, Australia have mm. a, a, a Victorian cowboy villain. At number six as well, Ned Hannigan. It's either that or he's just the ARU's work experience kid. <laughs> like, I sometimes I, struggle to believe he's a professional rugby player. Yes. Stephen Moore's on the bench, which is, you know, I suppose handing yeah. over and everything. Pilotta now is going to run, do what he does quite strongly. What do you, where do you see this going? Uh, I, we've, Leaving I mean, aside my, my little vignette, where do you see it going? That's exactly where I see it going. It might not be Henry Spate, but definitely an Australian player is going to take the ball off Alan Ross's face and run the length. Do you think it'll be close I, to the end? I think it'll be one of them nip and tuck type ones. Actually, I don't. No. <laughs> um, I I feel like it'll be one of those. It'll it'll be close for a half, and then Australia will run away with it. I can't see it. I hmm. see it being reasonably embarrassing, uh, a bit like last year's game with the Foley and his spectacular ballet moves and his <laughs> nonsense. I don't see it being that bad. Um, hmm. I suppose if you look at it, it's going to be... I think you just can't see past that back row for Wales. 
yeah. Talupe aside, obviously, all, all, yeah. all rules don't apply to Talupe, but the other two. Then again, he's against Ned Hannigan. But again, Hooper <laughs> and, and Sean McMahon. I wonder if Wales might not win enough ball. Mm, that's got to be the worry. It's got to be the worry the, the whole game. Like, or it'll totally be disrupted to a point at which they won't be able to do anything new even if they wanted to. And then they're running, and then they're running into Karevi and Kurindrani. Yeah. Which is what they will do. There won't be enough craft to run around them yeah. yet, if ever. But the point is, they won't be by now. But at least they might run into Kurindrani rather than Karevi. It might be, there's it's baby steps. Literally baby steps. <laughs> Literally little tiny steps into, <laughs> into him. So there you go. So we think Wales are going to lose that one. You think by a lot, I think by not so much. But there you go. Scotland versus Samoa. Mm. Scotland haven't been this ravaged by absences since the 1918 Spanish flu epidemic. Yeah, that was on my Spanish GCSE. I failed that. <laughs> so you don't know what I'm talking about with that either, do you? No, no. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't actually just in Spain, just so you know. But it was, um, no. yeah. So, yeah. And Samoa are literally playing for their suppers, it would seem, with the horrible yeah. shit that's going on over there. Right. It, it is. I just want to sort of say that obviously it's terrible for, obviously, the players involved there, for Samoa, I suppose, as a nation, as a community, uh, for rugby, I suppose, as a community, and for rugby fans. But at the same time, do the kind of people that think Tim Nanai Williams should be playing 10 deserve to be paid? <laughs> that's like, the, you know what? Of all the arguments I've heard this week on Twitter, that's probably the strongest ones. <laughs> I, well, thank you. It's, it's just, it's, I saw that. And I thought it's proper like amateur third team rugby stuff. It's just you've got put your best back at 10 and hope for the best. It's like take your player who's best in space and when he's got freedom to play yeah. and put him in the position where he's got no freedom and he's got no real space where he's expected to do things for other people rather than running himself. It's going to be, it's not going to go well, but I don't know in what way it's not going to go well, which would be sort of the fascination watching the game, I guess. Again, going back to, we seem to be saying this a lot about the games. It's not the start mm. Gregor would have wanted with this many. He would have wanted to get his international yeah. properly going with a full squad, wouldn't he? But it's, mm. this is not what he would have wanted. But when you look at that Spanish... Spanish I'm, I'm complete, <laughs> I can't stop talking about Spanish things this week. When you look at the Scotland back line, we seem to be saying this a lot all the way through these discussions. It's really interesting to have a look at it. Yeah. Most of the back lines you're looking at, as we've gone backwards, are interesting, aren't they? Yeah. This is why I'm quite excited about the weekend and to see what happens uh, with it. And I think what, Scotland have picked an entirely Glasgow back line, so they know each other and they know how to play off each other. And, and, they, and they are ballers. They play, yeah. they play the ball, you know. Yeah. And then... Um, so the Scot the Scotland backline is full of proper players, and their forwards yeah. are full of people like Daryl Marfo. <laughs> I know nothing about Daryl Marfo. I know nothing other than his name. Well, he, he is. that's that says a lot in that he is <laughs> just this, you know, second, third string guy for Edinburgh. Yeah. But you know what they're supposed to do? They're absolutely ravaged by injury. WP Nell's back, which is nice. Mm. Um, and again, the bat, you know, John Barkley, Hamish Watson, Ryan Wilson backline's fine, but you do worry. How it's going to hold up in the set piece? Yeah, but, but then again, Hamish Watson's playing, so that's my <laughs> Saturday sorted. Watching him, fucking love okay, him. Of course. Did you see him doing the punditry the other week for the Ospreys Edinburgh game? I, d I think I may have done, but I didn't recognise him without the bandage on. <laughs> I don't blame you, but he's—it's the first time I've heard him speak, and I was alarmed by the fact he's quite sort of well-spoken and almost posh. Yeah, I think I, I, he was... Is he from private school in North East or somewhere? Was like it? Or that. Did he go yeah. to a private school in London? Or his but he's called Hamish Watts. His parents are 
yeah. Scotty. I think he was born there. I don't know exactly, but I know, right. I know he went to school in England, I think. I thought he was going to communicate like exclusively in sort of aggressive grumbles. Yeah. Like I didn't think he'd speak English, never mind sort of well-spoken. Yeah, I'm glad I haven't seen it because that would really ruin my whole yeah. picture of what he's all about, really. So it's such a difficult time for Samoa, isn't it? I mean, can they just forget about this and get on? I mean, and one, I mean, David David Lemmy's still playing. How is this possible? <laughs> How is David Lemmy still a player? How old is it? He must be hitting forty now. He must be hitting like Felice age. Yeah, and you know the thing is, you can. It's fine for them because they don't run much. But no. he does. I'm trying to find out. How old. He's thirty-five. Old. Thirty-five. God, that's amazing. Is- yeah, for a, like top flight wing. I know Sorelli Bobo played until he was like thirty eight, but still, as a winger playing international rugby, that's that's old. But what, what I say is, it's amazing that he's mm. only thirty five. Yeah, he seems yeah. to have been around since about nineteen eighty three. Yeah. So, he, but obviously he hasn't been. But you well, must have started mm. young, I'm guessing. He was playing at the Western Samoa team when it wasn't even the whole of Samoa. Like he was, as, as the joke went, there. yeah. So there you go. So that's Scotland Samoa. So what do we think in terms of... And again, this could be an absolute blinder mm. because Samoa won't give a fuck, will they? No. They're so ragged off. They might as just... So it could go either two... They're going to throw the ball around because they don't care. Then they're just going to start punching people because they don't care. <laughs> you know, what are they yeah. going to do? Well, fucking... Yeah, so what? Yeah, ban me. What does it matter? I'll just go back to my club and actually earn some money, thanks. <laughs> and then, like, I... There's a few of those Scotland forwards as well. They're quite looking forward to being dragged into a scrap, I reckon. They quite like the prospect of it. Yes. I know Jim Hamilton's retired, but there's still a few of his spirit is still looming <laughs> over that Scotland pack. Have you seen the videos of um, John Barkley constantly frightening Stuart Hogg? Yes. It's infantile, yeah. but God, it's funny. Yeah, he's so, ah, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. And I'd like to, I'm glad that Robbie's on because as you can hear, gentlemen, he does worse accents than me. You can oh, hear yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. So much worse. Don't ask me to do anything other than vaguely northern and even i don't ask me to do that <laughs> don't do specifically northern like yorkshire or lancashire or yeah um yes yeah, so it's going to be a good game i think mm. um interesting to see what scotland will do predictions wise i think you're talking scotland comfortably here yeah i think i think it'll be quite physical for a while and then it will be all over hamish scrag got in touch on twitter if that's your real name that's amazing <laughs> Hey, Miss Brilliant. Hey, Miss Scrag. Um, my nan was in school with a lady called Edith Scrag. So it is possible mm-hmm. for that to be... Is it, from Lancashire, obviously, it is the most northern name you can think of, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Edith Scrag. It sounds like what Hamish Watson would describe. When I imagined he spoke like the Hulk, it's like when he gets into a fight and he says, Hey, Miss Scrag. <laughs> yeah, so he said, to go back to what he actually said, we went off yeah, on sorry. He, um, so, well, yeah, how dare you go off on a tangent on this podcast? What the hell are you doing? Um... He says, because you know we talk about, um, we've previously spoken about the fact that Liam Williams has council estate strength. Yes. Well, he says that Darryl, the Scotland, new Scotland cap Jamie Batty mm-hmm. worked in an abattoir last year. Wow. So we could have abattoir strength. <laughs> and actually, you could probably see why he came on Vern Cotter's radar as well, <laughs> given that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm that... looking forward to that, a bit of abattoir strength coming off the, coming off the bench, you know, and a kind of cold murderous eyes because death doesn't trouble him yes <laughs> Finn Russell was a former stonemason and yet he doesn't really exhibit stonemason right. strength that, that sounds like something that's kind of you know an urban myth that's semi-made up and sort of sounds true 
Finn Russell is a stonemason. <laughs> yeah, because he was sort of a semi-pro until he was like 21, 22. Amazing. And he worked as a stonemason. Yeah, stonemason. Yeah, because he's got... Well, actually, that gives a lot... Because he has got quite fine arms. Because you don't have to yeah. lift the stones when you're a stonemason. Surely somebody brings it in and you just chip chip away at them. So... Because <laughs> I'm always amazed by how thin his arms are, actually. It looks mm. like he's, he needs to eat about four gallons of peanut butter to sort his <laughs> arms out. But he, doesn't, he never seems to do that. So there you go. That was our little walkthrough in a completely uninformative manner, probably. What to expect this weekend, but hopefully it was something that you enjoyed. Thank you, Robbie, for your debut. No, on the podcast. thank you for having me. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please get in touch. Please subscribe. Uh, let us know what you think. Try and be nice. And we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll speak to you about it all after the weekend when on Monday, Josh will be back. See you soon. Ta-da. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.